Which risk factor is responsible for more deaths around the world? It's not smoking. It's not even high blood pressure. It's a poor diet. In fact, it's what we're not eating that's killing us faster, according to a new global study. But is the fix as simple as just getting more fruits and vegetables? This is TikTok. I'm Andrew Mock. Joining me today is Dr. Ashkan Afshin. He's an assistant professor at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington. He's also the lead author of a study that was published this week in the medical journal The Lancet about the health effects of dietary risks in 195 countries. Dr. Afshin, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. So to start, let's talk about how bad of a problem this really is. What did you find in the study and, and how many people are affected? So in this study, we evaluated the intake of 15 dietary factors in 195 countries from 1990 to 2017 and compared the current intake of each component of diet to optimal intake of that and estimated that how many deaths is related to suboptimal intake of each component of diet. And we had the opportunity to compare the uh, number of deaths that are related to dietary factors with other important risk factors, including tobacco use or alcohol use or uh, high systolic blood pressure. And we found that basically dietary risk factor overall account for more deaths than any other risk factors globally and in many countries of the world. This includes more deaths than tobacco use and more deaths than high systolic blood pressure. In 2017, poor dietary habits accounted for 11 million deaths globally, which is almost one in every five deaths uh, at the global level. Yeah, so 11 million deaths, that's a big number for something that seems like it should be a preventable issue. What led you to study this issue in the first place? We are in the decade of action on nutrition. And the goal of the United Nations and the World Health Organization and UN Food and Agriculture Organization is to improve awareness and increase the awareness of the people about all forms of malnutrition. Malnutrition has three different uh, forms. It includes undernutrition, uh, overweight and obesity, and poor quality of diet. Previously, there have been some efforts to estimate the number of deaths that are related to other forms of malnutrition, undernutrition, overweight and obesity, but there has not been a systematic effort on quantifying the number of deaths that are related to poor quality of diet. And this study has tried to address this question systematically. And I think that's an important point that you bring up, that malnutrition isn't just not getting enough to eat, but it's also obesity and in eating too much. Exactly. This was truly a global study. As we mentioned, you looked at 195 countries. We know this is definitely a problem in the U.S., but which countries have it figured out best when it comes to diets? Israel, France, Spain, and Japan. Uh, United Kingdom ranked 23rd, U.S. ranked uh, 43, uh, Mexico ranked 57, India ranked 118, and China ranked 140. And uh, the country that was at the basically bottom of this ranking uh, was Uzbekistan, Afghanistan, and Marshall Islands. So France and Israel, what are they doing right? What, what is it about their diets, about their lifestyle that ranked them toward the top? Their diet is very close to what has been known as the Mediterranean diet. There has been well known in the nutrition community that Mediterranean diet that is rich in fruits, vegetables, nuts, 
and healthy oats are a good example of healthy diet. And this study confirms that the country that they diet is uh, close to Mediterranean diet uh, has the lowest rank of mortality that are related to dietary risk factors. Were there any surprises in the countries uh, when you looked at the ranking? There was no country that consistently uh, performs better in all components of diet. Some countries are doing better in some component of diet, but are doing worse in other components of the diet. For example, in Mexico, we have one of the highest consumption of sugar-sweetened beverages across all 195 countries. On the other hand, we can see Mexico has one of the highest level of consumption of whole grain, which is a protective or healthy dietary factors. And this is interesting that to see that in, for different dietary factors, one country basically ranks very, very, very differently. Shifting away from the problem to potential solutions, in the study you say there needs to be a food system transformation. Explain what you mean by that. Exactly. Basically, one of the main challenges is low intake of healthy foods, such as fruits, vegetables, nuts. And what we see that the problem of lack of intake has many different determinants. Perhaps uh, some of the most important determinants of lack of availability, affordability, or accessibility. It means that policymakers in different countries need to work on policies that increases the consumption of healthy food items, such as fruits, vegetables, and nuts, and improve affordability and accessibility. So we need to make changes across different sections of the food system and reorient the food system toward production and distribution of the healthy food items. And I want to follow up on that in a minute, but I wonder how much of this is really a mistake that consumers are making. I wonder if there are other factors such as food companies or marketing that should shoulder some of the blame here. Part of the problem is related to lack of availability. If there are not sufficient food available, for example, fruits and vegetables in one country, consumers do not have any other choice to consume the foods that are available. The other factor is affordability. Some of the food items that are considered healthy might have higher prices compared to unhealthy choices. On the other hand, for dietary factors such as whole grain, what we see is the problem is not a lack of production of the grain. The problem is too much processing of the grain. And this is the issue that food industry needs to address. And the food industry now should be a part of the solution. And different innovation should happen in food industry and new food products that are both tasty and also include a high amount of whole grains needs to be developed so that the consumption of the whole grain at the population level can be increased. On the other hand, consumers should also demand for healthy food items, and when they make daily dietary choices, they should be aware of uh, what are the important food for their health. And and talking about other more personal uh, solutions to this, I mean, in some ways it seems, at least from my point of view, that this should be like a psychological shift that we have to undergo. I think, you know, our society, we focus a lot on these are the bad foods that you should avoid or don't eat this or don't eat that. But it seems like one of the most basic findings here is that we're just taking the wrong approach to diets and wellness. Exactly. So we cannot only ask people to decrease consumption of something. Generally, what happens in daily 
uh, dietary habit is that people substitute different food items. When we ask people to decrease consumption of something, at the same time, we should offer them different options to what are the food items that should, they should increase. And healthy substitution is one of the main messages of this study. One of the take-home messages for consumers is that uh, while you are, while still the recommendation is to decrease the consumption of unhealthy food items, such as processed meat, foods that are high in sodium or uh, sugar-sweetened beverages, uh, they should substitute that with healthier options, such as legumes, nuts, and uh, replacing a refined grain with whole grain. That's really good to know. When we talk about the world as a whole, you know, there's something like 7.7 billion people in the world. I would have to imagine there's probably not enough healthy food currently to serve all of those people. Do you think there's a mismatch here between what we should be eating and, and what we're actually producing? And, and is what we need really available? That's true. So for many different factors, dietary factors, we don't have enough production of that. Uh, even for some extent, we have this for fruits, vegetables, and nuts. There needs to be basically uh, the production of these dietary factors should be increased. Uh, for, whole, for whole grain, as I mentioned, the production of the grain is um, sufficient, but the problem is the processing. So we don't have any problem in availability of that. It's only what happens after the production. And this is the place that food industry basically can uh, play a major role. And on the other hand, we can see that for some dietary factors, such as red meat, we have high level of production of that. Although uh, there are wide variation in intake of red meat, we see the highest variation, highest intake in regions such as Australasia, and Latin America, and high-income North America, uh, much lower intake in regions such as East Asia, uh, but still overall production of the meat is higher than uh, what is recommended and what is sufficient for uh, having a healthy lifestyle. And lastly, for our listeners who are hearing this story for the first time, what's one thing they can start doing right away to improve their health? I would say healthy substitution is one important thing that consumer can do. They can take a look at the food items that are considered healthy and unhealthy and start to replacing unhealthy food with healthy food from today. All right, that's all very good to know. Again, I've been speaking with Dr. Ashkan Afshin. He's an assistant professor at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington, who authored the study we've been talking about today. Dr. Afshin, thanks for speaking with me today. Thank you, my pleasure. And I'm Andrew Mock. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew J. Mock. And as always, get all of your news updates 24-7 at TikTok.